So turn to Ephesians chapter 1, please. Ephesians in chapter 1. We're studying parts of the book of Ephesians and you know, trying to learn. This is one of the Apostle Paul's churches that he started in, in the city of Ephesus. And so we've, we've talked about that Ephesians, they are the desired ones. That's, that's the, what it means, actually. They are desired. So we're looking at, for just a few weeks, on why are they so desired. And, and so a lot of these teachings, a lot of these doctrines that we look at, especially in the book of Ephesians, have to do with the sovereignty of God and the foreknowledge of God. And we always say, God foreknows. He doesn't forechoose. But God's God. So since He knows, He'll make some choices. And that's what we're talking about tonight. The, the doctrine of choosing. And you know, it's I believe that the Lord is God. We know that He is. He's the God of gods. And He's sovereign in all things. But He does not force people to come to His Son and get saved. And He does not refuse others from coming to His Son and getting saved. He gives men free choice. It's called volition. What's so amazing about God is he can, he, can, he can, all of us have free will. All of us have free will. You can walk out that door tonight and decide I'll turn right or left. You can make that choice. and go. But God's still God. And God's sovereign. And His will will be done in spite of the free will of man and in correlation with the free will of man. It comes together. So let's look at this some more tonight. Last week we talked about the doctrine of calling. We got called to Christ. But look here at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According to He has chosen us in Him, now look what it says there, before the foundation of the world, He chose us in Him, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. And so I'm going to stop there, because then you start getting into the doctrine of predestination. That's a whole other thing. We, we're, we're talking about choosing tonight. But think about this. The Bible says it. We just read it. God chose us in Him before time began. But, you know, I think that's a very humbling thought. Why me? Why me? I, th I wonder it all the time. But look what it says. He chose us in Him. In Him. You couldn't be chosen in Him unless you first trusted Christ and went in Him. Choosing Jesus Christ and believing on the Lord puts you in Christ. We enter into His body, actually. We become a part of His body. So we are in Christ. God, knowing that... You know, I, I look at it this way. You know, if you were out at the, at the uh, basketball courts tonight, which I need to really get to playing, or I'm, I'm going to lose all my skills... Man, if I don't hurry, I'm going to quit. You know, I'm not going to be able to dunk much longer. I'm just telling you, you know. 
Y'all don't believe that anyway. Uh, I, ne I never could dunk. Anyway. But if you were out on the basketball court picking teams, you know how it is. You're always going to pick the best guy first. I want whoever, you know, because I know I get him. And we pick according to what we choose, hopefully, that, hoping that we will win. God doesn't work that way. Boy, am I glad. He wouldn't have chosen me. He doesn't work that way. God doesn't choose the mighty, the noble, the wise of this world. Chooses what? The weak. The foolish things of this world to confound those that are mighty. God chooses them. Why? So that He might get the greater glory. And it's amazing when you think about that. You know, God doesn't choose the great... God never chooses the natural talent. He chooses you. No, He chooses me. <laughs> he chose me. So we're going to study choosing tonight. Remember what we said in Revelation 17, 14, that when we do return at the second coming of Christ, on what, when we ride on those white horses behind Him, the armies follow Him on white horses out of heaven to come back down. When we're there, it says there's three prerequisites to be in that army. Called, chosen, and faithful. They that are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. I don't think you're going to give it. I don't know what that means. I, I, is it true that those that are saved so as by fire and don't do anything in this world are going to be left behind in heaven and not be a part of the army? I don't know. That's God's choice, not mine. I just know one thing. I want to be called, chosen, and faithful. I want to be the faithful part because I'm already called and chosen. I want to be the faithful part. So we're studying choosing tonight. We make choices all the time. So what does it say in verse 4? According to He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. So let me just say a few things to start it off tonight. Might not finish this doctrine uh, tonight. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever thought about the doctrine of choosing. What about the verse that says many are called but few are chosen? Okay, so we'll, we'll try to look at some of this. So choosing is another doctrine, just like calling, uh, just like election just like predestination, that deal with the sovereignty of God and the free will of man too. And as we find out, it's very closely connected to the call. Now, if you, didn't, if you weren't here last, uh, last week, listen to it. And so we can put this together. Calling and choosing go together. We know that God's a just God. He said, I'm no respecter of persons. God did not choose certain people to go to heaven and other people to go to hell. God did not choose certain vessels under wrath, destruction. You know what's interesting? It's what they say, what if he was that type of God? God's not that type of God. He doesn't choose them to do that and then others to get to go to glory. And it's all based on God just created you that way. That's not how God works. God seeks to get glory. You know, if you think about the. Uh, What's the true purpose of God for making anything? It's to get glory unto Himself. So God structured creation, all that He made, the angels, the heavens, the earth, and us, so that He might get the greater glory. He wants glory. And so 
God's choices might have been made in the past, like it says here, before the foundation of the world, but these choices were not made out of a sovereign will, but a knowledge of what you were going to do when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. So God chose you before time based on knowing you were going to choose Him in time. I hope you can understand that a little bit. You know, it kind of takes the, uh, at least this is how I see these things. You know, so salvation would depend on man's reception of Jesus Christ. All, we know that. You don't get in except you believe. And it's human volition. He that believeth shall be saved. I talked to a Calvinist one time. I said, when did you get saved? He said, I just woke up one day and realized I was. I said, you didn't get in, buddy. I got converted. I got born again. I chose Jesus. I don't know if he ever got saved. He honestly just felt like he just morphed into it one day because God willed it. No, no. So God is the one from which all motion proceeds. Anything or any work God does, He begins the work. I don't care if it's the faith you put in Christ. We're saved by His faith, it says. Everything starts with God. No man seeketh after God. No man searcheth after God. The Bible says God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5.8. He initiated the love. He initiated the... Uh, he wants to receive you. He's making uh, uh, the interaction there. And why? I'll say it one more time. God just desires a people to love and serve Him. That's what He wants. You say, well, what does God want out of me? Love Him with all your heart. and Do all you can for Him and He'll be so happy with you. You fulfilled your created purpose. Right? And honestly, the what you do is much more important than where you're doing it. Some people get so caught up on the where and then they don't do anything for God. Much more important to serve Him. So since the, you know, so think about this. Revelation 4.11, you can look this up if you want later. It tells why we're made. All things were created for His pleasure. For God to get pleasure. Now since most of the world is not going to fulfill their duty to give pleasure unto Him. Certain people, therefore, are chosen to fulfill that purpose. They are the chosen ones. That's what this doctrine teaches. So, we are chosen to fulfill a purpose, to serve and please God. Now, the word choose, you know, think about it. Makes us make a selection. Make a selection, right? And then you decide the point from wherein that all that motion proceeds. God makes the selection for who he wants, who he wants, but it's like don't get don't mistake me. He picks you because you picked Him. He chose you because you chose Him. The difference is, He chose you in eternity past first, knowing that you would choose Him second. In time. Don't want you to get too confused. So in definition of choosing, you know, it's the act of God where He, according to His foreknowledge, you know, we are elect. Hey, I'm the elect of God. Well, according to the foreknowledge of God. That's why He knew we'd receive Christ. 
It's all based on his... You know, if you look at any doctrine of... Any, any type of biblical doctrine on sovereignty, you have to go to foreknowledge first. You have to. If you don't, boy, you're in big trouble. You're going to get so off base in your belief. But God, according to His foreknowledge, selects certain believers and compels them to serve. So where calling is for salvation, He calls you. I heard His voice. I'm going home. Find out you're a sheep. Hey, I'm going home. to. I heard the voice of God. He called me. My sheep know my voice and I know them and they call me. And, the, and I call them and they follow me. Now give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. John chapter 10. So that's calling. Choosing has to do with the service aspect. Serving Him. Not saving them. Serving them. So, so choosing is more about service than salvation. God doesn't call choose people to get saved. He chooses you in Him to serve Him. So let me give you some points on choosing. About salvation. So let's just, let's just put it this way. Choosing within salvation. The doctrine of choosing. Number one, God foresaw, and I'm going to be a little bit redundant here. God foresaw and knew who would be saved from eternity past. He knew it and saw it. Ephesians 1, 3 and 4 says so. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says so. It's according to the foreknowledge of God. He saw it. He can see and know all things. Number two, God chose those people to be saved, okay, before the foundation of the world. The selection was made by God out of all humanity that these would be the ones to serve Him, not only in this life, but forever and ever for all eternity. Y'all remember the verse we read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13? That it said that we are called unto Him why? Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. We believed. That's what proved you got called. You believed. And the Spirit sanctified you. Choosing same thing. Choosing is the same thing. So, number three, the prerequisite of being chosen before the foundation of the world would be what? If I want... It's so strange. Hey, if I want to be one of the chosen ones that God chose before the foundation of the world, What's the prerequisite? I've got to trust Christ as my own personal Savior. Ephesians 1.13, look at it. Who first trusted Christ. That's your act. You chose it. God doesn't believe you to get saved. You believe in Him. He doesn't make you believe in Him. There's no glory in that. You and I talk about that all the time. Okay, so the prerequisite of being chosen before the foundation of the world is to trust Christ on earth first. Ephesians 1, 12 and 13. So those who are chosen are in Christ. And we've already, we've already, uh, I'm, we're basically, these doctrines are intertwined. They come together. If you'll get this, you'll, you'll never doubt your salvation ever again. I guarantee you that. And plus you'll know who you are in Christ. If you just study the, the first chapter of Ephesians, you'll go, there's only, you get, I always call it, I got, a, I, I got an enlightenment. I got an eye-opening experience. I found out who I am in Jesus Christ. 
I know who I am now in Him, and I'm going to I'm going after it. I'm going to live every bit of it to the best of my ability for God. So number four, a person who trusts Christ ensures that He was chosen. But he must believe the truth first. Does that make sense? So, when they get chosen, see, the calling is to bring you to salvation. You know, God, no man can come unto me except the Father draw him. No man can come unto me except the Spirit convict him. No man can come unto me except the, uh, that God the Father draw. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. We talked about that last week. The whole Godhead is involved in us getting saved. And I'm so thankful for that. But you came to Him for salvation. So when you get saved and you get chosen, you come and you serve faithfully. You find yourself serving. Now, I don't have a whole lot of time to finish this, but I want to say something to you. I'll, I'll, I'll step to my, my last statement here, you know, because I know I won't have time to finish this. Why do you yearn to please God? Why, are you, why do you find it in your heart? I want to serve God. I want to obey. I want to be faithful. I want to be found faithful. Why? Because why? you're chosen. Does that make sense? Why do I want to please Him? Why? I mean, it's a burning desire in my heart to please the Lord. Why? Because I'm chosen. God chose me to do that. If you have that in you, you know you're chosen. You order your life a being uh, around being chosen. So it, it, think about this. When it comes to service, Everyone that's chosen by God is chosen to serve. Everybody. Everyone's chosen to serve. We somehow get this crazy notion God saved us for ourselves. God saved me just to get me out of hell. No, God saved you to serve Him. Not only in this life, but all eternity in the world, in the world to come. That's why I always try to tell everybody, don't live for this world, live for the one to come. You're going to be there before you know it. And it's eternal. Forever and ever and ever. So everyone that is saved is chosen by God to serve. John 15, 16, Jesus said, I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, they are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We've got a duty to serve our God. Now we know that some of the saints of the Lord are chosen for specific tasks. You know, Apostle Paul in, in, in 9.15 of Acts, he was chosen by God for a specific task. God chose him. He didn't really get even a vote, did he? God said, I have chosen you to be a light and apostle to the Gentiles. You're my chosen vessel. Jesus in Mark 3, verse 14 through 19, chose his 12 disciples for special service. He picked them, handpicked. He chose them. God, after the resurrection of the dead, the Bible says he gave us apostles, pastors, evangelists, excuse me, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's what God gave to the church. These are specific duties and callings that not everybody has 
We're not, I'm not, none of us are an apostle, by the way. None of us are prophets, by the way. I'm not even sure if the, the evangelist is still uh, an, an, an office for today. I know that it was used greatly. And the Bible says we ought to all evangelize and be evangelists. But there's pastors. There's teachers. You know, there's teachers within this building right now beside me. There's many teachers. God calls some people to the mission field for special service. Acts 13, 2. He said, separate me, Paul and Bar Saul and Barnabas, for the work which I have called them. Separate them. I chose them. Let them go. Missions. There's a verse in uh, Romans. talks about a man named Rufus. I always liked that name. I used to work for a man named Rufus Higginbotham. That was his name. Rufus Higginbotham. But Rufus, it says, was chosen in the Lord. Romans 16. He was chosen in the Lord. He obviously had a particular part in the service of the church and the saints. Okay? Uh, for a particular work. So I'm, what I'm trying to get everybody here to realize is, God, you may not know it yet. And you, you may think, my, my, my role is, is menial and not very specific or not even very important. That's not true. I'm trying to get you to know, you have a, God called you to do something not another person can do. You know, the people you're dealing with. Nobody else can work with them. It's you. God chose you for that. All of us can say that. Called, chosen, and faithful. Hey, and it's not a burden. It's a blessing. It's a, it's a uh, privilege. It's a privilege. All of us have that. Turn I said this earlier, but turn over to 1 Corinthians 1. God chooses those in which He will get the greatest of glory. He chooses those in which He will get the greatest of glory. You know, God chooses people that are disallowed, rejected by men, and God turns and makes them into ministers of His, and amazing things done. You know, a lot of times, you don't realize how the impact that you have. probably won't know it until you get to heaven. And God shows it to you. But it's God's choice. So in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 27, He says, But God... I, I like the first verse before that. For you see your calling, brethren. Now, how, Okay. Anybody fall into this category? How, not many wise men after the flesh. Anybody there? Anybody a wise guy? Hey, by the way, what's, why is a wise guy in a... Huh? Why, why is he a wise guy when he's really just a smarty? Smart aleck. All right. Not many wise men after, not many mighty. Not many noble. We have nobility in here today. We got anybody from the royal family visiting with us today? Yeah, you are. You're called in Christ. I got you. You're chosen. <laughs> you're seated in heavenly places with Christ right now I mean how much better can it get but God had chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise God had chosen the weak things of the world 
to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things that are despised had God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. God gets all the glory. So, uh, let me just, I got a few more minutes here. Those that are chosen by God were not volunteers. We're drafted in, we're chosen. You didn't volunteer for this. You received Christ, God chose you to serve Him. You say, hey, I didn't know it. I enlisted when I got saved. I enlisted in the army of God and the family of God and the cause of Christ. I enlisted. Those chosen by God, they're not volunteers. They're chosen and called. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now in some amazing way, God was fellowshipping with you in eternity past. He saw your life. Nothing's an uh-oh with, Christ, with Christians. Nothing, nothing. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath what? Asked him if he'd want to be a soldier. Chosen to be. Chosen. We're, we are drafted to the army of God. You think about it. Go to every man in the Bible that God ever called. He went to them and called them and chose them. They didn't, he, he didn't ask them for permission either, by the way. How many of them tried to talk God out of it? said, I can't do that. You're doing it, Moses. Right? You're doing it, Jeremiah. All, but many of them. What's the beauty about it is when God calls you and He chooses you, He gives you the grace and the ability to do the job. He gives it. It just comes from heaven. And you say, man, you, you didn't know, you don't, some of you don't know me well at all. I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything before I got chosen. I mean, I was nothing as far as being able to speak in public or anything. You say you still can't. <laughs> hey, I could do nothing. God gave me this ability, you know. Find out what you can do for God because, it, did you know, Turn over, we'll look at one last verse. Turn over to Matthew 22. You know, God rewards His servants as He sees fit. Right? He, we'll let Him choose what, how He wants to reward us. We're just being faithful. We know He's going to choose us. Did you know that every man is responsible for not being chosen? It's their fault they're not chosen. It's their fault. So I didn't get, they should have been chosen. They should have received Christ as their own personal Savior and exercised faith in Him. They'd have gotten chosen. They'd have gotten chosen. So let's read this here, Matthew 22. Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. They would not come. 
And he sent other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, all things are ready. Come into the marriage. But they made light of it, went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard this, he was wroth, or heard thereof. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murders and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, the, the, the wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. Go therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. He saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? Who is that man? And he was speechless. And then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. I've got to stop. But according to this parable, it's their fault that they didn't get chosen. Number one, indifference. It says, it says they just made light of it. They were indifferent to it. They didn't care if they got chosen or not. They were indifferent. I got merchandise to attend to. I have a farm to keep. We hear this all the time. Some of them outright rebelled. It said right there in verse 3, they would not come. That's pretty, that's strong, that's rebellion. They rejected the invitation. And then about this man that came in without a wedding garment, in verse 12, this is totally self-righteous. He, he doesn't have the righteous garment of Christ. The righteousness of God. He's trying to show up in his own. And he's not getting in. He got bound hand and foot. He was not chosen. So, th you know, hey, think a little better about yourself. I've been, I'm chosen of God. Isn't there that famous show out in these days called The Chosen? Well, you're the chosen. Romans 1, what is it, Romans 6? You're the called of God. You're called of God. Ephesians 1, 4, you're chosen by God. Now go out and serve Him and be faithful. So I'll finish with it. Someday we're going to be in heaven after when it's all culminated and all the prophecies are ready and Jesus is returning to fight the battle of Armageddon and take His rightful seat to take the deed of the earth, title deed of the earth. He owns it. He's going to say, saddle up. Saddle your horse. We're going down. We're all going out of heaven to follow him as he takes the earth. What if he looked at you and said, wait a minute, you hadn't been faithful, you don't get to go. You weren't faithful. Boy, don't let that happen. Faithfulness, amen. Called, chosen, and faithful. All right. So we'll, we'll, I give you my word. We'll start. We'll do some. We'll start teaching some things out of Ephesians next week. All right. But uh, have a wonderful week. Rest of the week. All right.